Welcome to the 195th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on August 29th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the guy who's always on time, Carlos Rodella. How you doing, Carlos? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Very excited to be recording with you tonight. Looking forward to the hot, hot takes we're about to drop. Ooh, hot takes on video games. And I don't know if I'm always on time, but I think I might be. As long as you think you are, then you are. That's all that matters, I guess. <laughs> that makes it real. <laughs> oh, man. You know, there's actually lots of different kinds of time. I mean, it really depends on the culture you're in, the part of the world you're in. I mean, sometimes some cultures are pretty laid back and relaxed. Some are not. It's really interesting. You know, I lived in Hawaii for a while, and there's definitely such a thing as Hawaii time. Mm. And I work with a lot of people uh, who are deaf, and there's definitely a deaf time, which is pretty similar to Hawaii time. They've got some stuff in common between those two groups. But I know there's lots of different kinds of time, but here on the So Video Games podcast, we are on game time. Game time, and it's time to game. But before we get into it, uh, also time is a man-made uh, construct, and it doesn't exist. Very true. Very true. So let's let's disregard all record keeping, all watches. Yep. I'm going to disable the uh, chronometer on my phone. We're just going to just live life in the moment. Yes, that's the best way to do it. Let's do it. Starting right now, Carlos, starting right now with a little bit of housekeeping to kick off the show. I don't have anything on my agenda. Uh, I believe you've got a couple items. I have two items. Uh, the first off is I just want to say thanks to everybody who got involved in our free episode. Yeah. With- very happy that we were able to pull that off and to give away a bunch of games to people. Uh, and everyone was really excited. And we got a ton of replies on Twitter. Um, some of our highest Twitter organic impressions, if you're, if you're caring about that, if you're keeping track at home, uh, which I know everybody is, they're like, I can't wait till they get more Twitter organic impressions. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. They were waiting for it. Uh, but no, it, was just, it just meant that a lot of people were engaging with the episode uh, and that's awesome to hear. And we're going to do another one because it was so successful. And also just because I love uh, helping out people and getting them video games. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think we have anything booked. But maybe, like, give me uh, another month or two to rack up some codes. And maybe, like, closer to Christmas time or something, we'll uh, maybe do some kind of holiday festivus winter solstice giveaway or some shit. Ooh, that sounds good. And also, I have some contacts. I get games. um, I'm not part of the Game Critics crew. Well, I kind of am. You call you you're you're adjacent. I'm a satellite. Uh, I'm in the satellite you're office. Related. You're like a you're like a what do they call it? Like shirt, what is it? Shirt tag cousin or something like that. There's I've a, never heard that. There's a term. Oh, I can't remember the term. It's not very used very much. But like every once in a while, twice like, removed. No, it's not oh. that. I'm gonna look at it. Anyway, I'm gonna look at it. Anyway, go ahead. Um. Anyways, I'm the, I'm in the satellite office of Game Critics where there's no power and I just get like. You know, a tuna fish sandwich every like four or five days. But I also well, that get, sandwich is fresh, brother. It's a good. Sandwich. It is a fresh sandwich. But I do have my own uh, ways to get free codes um, from being in gaming press and stuff. So I get sent a bunch of them. So I could make that as part of the free episode as well. So look for right. that later, and we'll do another one. Shirt tail relative is what it is. That's when you are like related to somebody, but it's kind of distant and weird, and you don't quite know exactly what the relationship but you're pretty sure your family shirt tail relative that is funny there you go okay well um second piece of advice, uh, housekeeping is um oh yeah so i was on twitter 
and talking about Ultima because there was someone posting about Ultima 4 and just some histories about it. And if you know me, listen to the podcast. I'm a big fan of Ultima series. Uh, and I just kind of got talking to people and mentioned the idea that back in the day we had found this hack for Ultima 7, one of my favorite games of all time. And I was able to actually like pick up parts of the land and put them in my backpack have I told that story before? I've, what? I've never heard this story before. I don't. Are you pulling my leg, or is this a real no, thing? No, no. Okay, so I'll tell the shortened version of the story, and then this is how I got started talking to a bunch of Ultima fans on Twitter, and then some, something really cool came out of it. So the short version of the story is we found a hack. Um, it was a, a website back in the day, and we printed out all the information on how to hack Ultima 7. We had a little booklet. And I, for the longest time, had this booklet. I don't think I could find it anymore. And it was a batch file or some other command line tools before Ultima started running on your PC to add this hack. And the hack allowed me to have a backpack that could pick up sprites in the game. So I could pick up anything. Like, it didn't matter what if it was a you know, dog. It was really, really, like, meta. It was pretty intense, dude. <laughs> That's why I tell, tell the story. But anyways, I picked up you know anything I wanted, including objects and pieces of ground or whatever. And whenever I put them on my backpack, it would keep it there. And whenever I, you know, went somewhere else, I could drop it down and like essentially like a map editor, right? Okay. Okay. But the coolest part of the story is I was able to pick up an NPC. I remember picking up a baker, who like back then, and I think some games still do this now, had a routine, right? So he woke up in the morning, went to bake bread, uh, went back home at night, did a couple things, and went to bed. And so I picked him up, put him in my backpack. And then went to my own little castle that I was building and put him down in the kitchen and he went right to work. So he stole this. You kid, you kidnapped this guy from his place of business, brought him to your, your, your dungeon and put him to work making baguettes for you in your own private castle. Well, that's a very interesting way to put it. Um, it wasn't a dungeon. He was in a kitchen and that's how he knew how to go back to work. <laughs> That's now, crazy. So he had his own little individual script then, yes. and it didn't really matter what location he was in. As long as he had the kitchen items that his script required, he would I just guess, go to work. Yeah. Anyways, it's a, it's a, I would like to maybe even make a whole, like, I don't know, some sort of series about it or talk about it more. But it got people really excited on Twitter. And so then I found uh, someone who just written a book uh, or wrote a book a little while ago and is writing a second one, uh, Andrea Cantato. Uh, Andrea Cantato, and he's a couple years younger than me, and he wrote a book called Through the Moon Gate, Part 1, The Story of Richard Garriott, Origin Systems, and Ultima. So I bought it, and I'm really excited because it gets comes in the mail in a few days, and he sent me the ebook version. And if you are like me and excited about the story I just said, or in general, Ultima, uh, go check out the book. Uh, I'm really excited. Interesting, interesting. All right, cool. Excellent, excellent. Um, all right, cool. Thank you for sharing that stuff. I have nothing on my housekeeping. I think we're going to change it up a little bit today. I think we're going to probably finish big with you, so that's going to rearrange the script. If it's all right with you, I'm going to start off with just a couple of really quick hits. Yeah, let's do it. I got my Ultima story in there, so I'm, I'm content. So you're satisfied with the rest of the episode. <laughs> Whatever else happens, who cares? Because you got oh, the no, Ultima yeah, story. Oh, no, yeah. I'm leaving. You're done. You're done. <laughs> all right. Uh, a lot of Switch stuff this week. In fact, I think it's all Switch stuff for me this week. All Switch, all the time. Uh, first, want to give a shout out to a game called Helheim Hassel. It's H E L H E I M, the way that the uh, Vikings would spell it, or like in Norse mythology. This is a 2D 
side-scrolling puzzle game where you play a uh, I guess a, I guess you're like a Viking, I suppose, who uh, gets killed. And I'm going to skip the story stuff. It doesn't really matter that much. But the point of the game is that you can disassemble your body into various pieces. You have like your torso, your head, both arms and both legs. And you can disassemble yourself and reassemble yourself in different ways in order to get through the puzzles. So like, for example, let's say you got to get through a gate. You're too big to fit through the gate, but there's like a, maybe like a small hole through the bars. You like disassemble your head and your arm and then you attach your head to your arm so it's like a head on an arm and the arm is kind of crawling with the head on it and it gets through the gate and you flip the switch with your arm on the other side open the gate and then you go back and reattach yourself your parts to the rest of your body so all sorts of little puzzles like that sometimes you got to throw a piece of yourself super high up in order to get it over something sometimes you got to combine yourself in weird ways like two legs and an arm or two legs and a head or something like you know you mix and match your bits uh, in order to kind of get through each puzzle uh, pretty pretty interesting. I mean, I've seen some other games kind of do similar takes, but I think this is a really good one. Uh, really solid. The art is really colorful and bright. Uh, it feels really polished. And the good thing is that it's very good writing. I laugh a lot with this game. Um, I believe there's a demo. Somebody told me they played a demo. I don't know if it's on the Switch eShop or if it's on PC, but there's definitely a demo out there somewhere. And it gives you a really good flavor of like the first chunk of levels and the writing. Uh, the writing is really good. It's you and a friend of yours. Uh, her name is Pesto. And the two of you kind of go back and forth. Um, she's like really like acerbic and sarcastic. And you're kind of like more easygoing and positive. And the two of you guys have a really good vibe. And they just have a lot of like funny jokes. And, you know, the jokes are in between the silly situations that you're doing. Uh, game does not take itself seriously. It's really lighthearted, really goofy. Uh, and I think it's really fun. I'm in the middle of it right now. I um, have not finished it, but I really am enjoying my time with it. If you are in the mood for a 2D puzzle platformer sort of thing that has a really good sense of humor, I'm digging Hellheim Hassle. I think it's pretty cool. I am so excited you got to play it. And I have a question for you because I uh, watched a bunch of demos and um, just kind of teasers about it during Gamescom. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was biting my tongue <laughs> to hear what you had to say about it uh, to and then say this. I really, really like the comedy that I saw. Yeah, it's good. And it reminded me of a bunch of different, like, funny cartoons I would watch. Um, and so I'm wondering, it seems like it is pretty story heavy then, right? Like, I, like I, what would you say ratio puzzle to, like, being told story that's funny? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like 50-50, but in the sense that you're constantly doing puzzles, but at the same time, they are constantly, like, riffing on jokes and kind of, like, talking back and forth. So it's not really broken up into like story and then puzzle and then story and the puzzle. It's like you're doing a puzzle, but at the same time you're talking, things are happening. Like you get the next step of the puzzle. There's like a couple jokes. You move on with the other part of the puzzle. It's pretty well blended. So it's just kind of continuously back and forth, but it's about 50, 50, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, there's definitely still cut scenes I saw and it oh, yeah, like, for sure. For yeah, sure. Like it pushes the story forward. Uh, my second question is some of the people that we're looking at are playing it so that it gets pretty darn hard. Uh, like almost impossible at some of the puzzles where you have to do timing. So I'm not sure if you've gotten far enough into it to see that, but they were, I think, pretty far in the game, and they said that the timing was really a little tricky for some of those puzzles. Oh, I mean, very possible. I'm not that far into it. I would say I'm only in, like, the second or third level, something like that. Mm. So I've got most of the mechanics down, but I, I don't feel like the game has really fully, like, opened up all the way yet. I still feel like I've got at least half of the game to go. So it's very possible that there could be a late game difficulty spike. It has not been very 
uh, I mean, it's been it's been like a good challenging so far. I've had to really think about a couple of puzzles and really, um, you know, use my brain a few times. But the answers come pretty quickly, and I haven't really gotten stuck. So I mean, okay. it very well could be coming up later. But so far, have not gotten stuck. That is that dreaded thing that we deal with in this podcast a lot. Is that yep. uh, difficulty yep. spike that sucks because. You know, yeah, I mean, right now, from what you just said and the way that you said that the puzzles are, I really want to play it just for that, you know, comedy angle. So I might And check it's it really out. funny. It's really funny. But, you know, that's really the danger, right? Because most developers spend most of their time on the first half of the game, especially in the first quarter, and less on the back half. So it's very likely that it could have unbalanced difficulty spike or an unpolished section. That happens all the time. Yeah. And that's really the danger of, like, you know, talking about games on a podcast where... We try to have new content for the show. We try to play through a lot of stuff to keep it fresh for the listeners. And I, you know, I can't guarantee that this is good all the way through. But the part that I saw, the first two or three levels, was real good. I mean, but again, it could totally nosedive. So you never know. Yeah, I think the I think the comedy will stay awesome the whole way through. So I'm I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give it a try. Like you said, I think the demo is up on Steam. I'm guessing. So I'll check that out later. Yeah, and and check the eShop too. There may be it may be a demo there. I don't know exactly sure. So the other the other quick handle to do real fast is I'm sure you played this. A Short Hike? You've played this already, haven't you? Oh, yes. Remind me what it is again. A Short Hike is a very small game. It came out on iOS a while ago, and everybody in the world was, like, losing their minds over it. And I was a little bit jealous because I don't have an iPhone device anymore. I switched to Android, so I couldn't play it. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure it's going to come to console sooner or later. And sure enough, here it is. It's on the Switch. Oh, yeah. You play a little bird, and you and your aunt are going to a mountain. And you can go anywhere in the mountain. It's got, strangely, it's got Breath of the Wild mechanics where you can go anywhere and climb anything. And you can also glide quite a bit. So it's really reminiscent of a microscopic scale Breath of the Wild in a little bit, in a little way. And you, you talk to people on the mountain that you meet. They do little quests for you. Um, you just, I mean, the whole point of the game is to get to the top of the mountain. And it's really not that difficult. It only takes you like an hour or two hours. Um, but it's just like... It's kind of like a cross between Breath of the Wild and Animal Crossing, I think. And you just walk around and you can't die. There's no restarting. There's no danger. It's just like you're just vibing out in the woods, right? Talking to people, being chill. You're a bird, so you can jump off of anything that's high and glide around. The gliding is really good. feels really good. Um, and you just talk to folks. And it's just like a, it's like an open world Breath of the Wild Animal Crossing is what it seems like. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm glad you got to play it. Um, I didn't know they just it just dropped on Switch. Um but I will say this. Also, an equally uh, fascinating watch is uh, GDC Talk with the developer of that game. It's oh, yeah. called Yeah, it's called Crafting a Tiny Open World, a Short Hike Postmortem. So just put that into your YouTube, and you'll get to hear the developer talk about how he made it and how early playtesters kind of, like, broke it <laughs> because they were going, like, different ways that he wanted, he wanted them to go on the mountain. Um, it's a really fascinating talk, so check that out. And yeah, great, great pickup. Yeah, it's really well put together. It's cute. Um, it's a really quick play if you want it to be quick, but there's more stuff to dig into if you want to play it a little bit longer. Uh, you know, it's open, and you can certainly sequence break a few things, but I think it's supposed to be. I mean, maybe after he had his playtesters break it, he figured out other ways to fix that, but it feels really good. And the again, the writing. Two games in a row where the writing is really good. It's funny. Yep. It's very current and modern. It feels fresh, um, witty, but not like smart alecky. It's, it hits a really good tone, and I really enjoyed all the conversations in that game. So again, writing really matters. Like, don't ignore the writing in your games, developers. But uh, yeah, a short hike definitely a big thumbs up. I dig it. Thumbs up for me too. That's really cool. All right, those are my first two quick hits, Carlos. Let's turn it over to you. You've got a little bit to say about a little game called uh, Divinity: Original Sin Two. 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I didn't think I would be saying this on this podcast, but I'm going to say it. Um, my little preface is that that game is an RPG. Uh, you must have heard of it by now. I don't need to tell you what it is. I think everybody in the world's probably heard of it by now. It's, pr- it's pretty big. Pretty it's big pretty game. big. Uh, and it's got a lot of similarities to games that I love, like Baldur's Gate um, and old school games. Like It kind of harkens back to Ultima in the fact of some of the things you can do. You feel like, hey, if I can do this thing with this item and mix it over here and dig this ditch and do this thing. It's just a lot of possibilities in an RPG uh, like other RPGs don't have, you know, where you feel like you can kind of do a lot of different approaches to anything, which I love. You know, that's the main reason I love um, the Ultima series. The problem is I finally went back into it because I put put it off a bunch of times and I was like, why did I put this off? This is right up my alley, Ultima rpg come on this should be like my jam so i went back and i realized why i put it off is because in the very beginning the talk about difficulty spike Mm -hmm. i don't think you've played this right i've played a little bit of original sin one not original sin two so i I have a a ballpark idea of what you're talking about right but in this one again the very beginning makes you feel great about the potential to loot anything to, to to handle things however you want in this world and really feel connected to the characters and a lot of good role playing, which is great, like D and D style. And it, there's no difficulty. It's just like exploring a world and feeling good and, you know, picking your characters. And then at some point that spike is fucked up because you're like level two or three and you go into, you find like you basically have to find a, a way out of this town and there's multitudes of ways to get out. But one of the ways and probably the easiest way is to go into this cave and get out the other side. But in the cave, there's fire slugs. And these fire slugs are like level four or five. They're above you. And they like burn you. And they're fucking impossible. And then at the end of it, there's like a mother slug and it's like a boss. And you're like not even fighting regular monsters yet. You're like just learning about everything and leaving a town. That's fucked up. So I couldn't beat that. So I found another way. And I kind of, you know, curtailed out of the way and got some other way through a dungeon. I got to like another forest area where I was like, okay, now I'm going to start the game. You know, I'm going to level up like RPGs do where you feel a little bit, you know, stronger after killing a bunch of monsters. The first main area I have, I get to is two, two people. One's a wizard and one's just a regular, you know, bad guy. And they fuck me up like done dead. And so, okay, I don't go that way then. (laughs) So then I went around them and went this other way, pretty much the only other way you could go in this forest. And there was these bugs. They're called Void Woken, and they're they're part of the story. And there's like, oh, well, there's a couple of bugs. Okay, well, I'll take out these Void Woken. So I start fighting the bugs, and like 15 other bugs show up. So fuck this game, because I can't get out. I can't get out of these main areas, these simple beginnings. The difficulty spike is fucked. That sounds really weird, dude. I mean, I have not played this particular game, but I mean, I know I know kind of like what kind of game it is. Like I said, I played the first one, so I got I kind of feel it on this a little bit because I hit a spike where I was like, okay, this is like not something I want to get over. But it sounds like you're right at the beginning. By any chance, you know, not not my favorite recommendation, but have you ever looked up a, like a like a starting guide or beginner's guide to see like what they recommend? Maybe there's something you're overlooking, or maybe there's some kind of uh, trick to it or something. Brad Galloway's like, listen, Carlos, just go to YouTube, and there's these things called walkthroughs. 
I mean, um, I, I hate doing that, but for something that, uh, I mean, a lot of people say it's a great game, and I have heard people say that there is a difficulty spike. I'm just thinking sometimes, you know, you just don't click with the game, you need a little something to get you over the hump, and then maybe you can find the fun after that. Yeah, I, I it's not like I won't. I'm already on another game, which we'll talk about in this episode. All right. But um, I, I'm basically saying, like, I can't believe more people aren't talking about this, because... I know my way around an RPG of this nature. This is like my favorite style of RPG, one of them. And I, I did I did all the tricks. Like unless there's some like special trick on a YouTube video, but then that means your game's fucked. Because if someone who's like in quotes an expert at these types of games needs to go to YouTube to figure out this like workaround, then it's not a it's not good. Like that's I mean, the- I I agree with you, dude. I I'm 100 on your side here, but. I mean, you are a person who plays a lot of these games, and it just it just seems to me like I've had that similar experience with other games, not with this one, but, you know, there's been a few times when it's like I beat my head against something, I struggle, 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 and then I just get mad, and I look at a walkthrough, and then it's like, oh, shit, I didn't know XYZ did this thing, and now that I know this, then the whole game is playable. And again, not necessarily that it's your fault. Maybe the mechanic wasn't explained. Maybe they just, like, gave you a very cursory explanation and didn't go into it, or maybe you didn't talk to the guy who tells you the tutorial or something. I, it just seems like, you know, you're such a pro at these games, it seems like maybe there's just something the developers forgot to mention, or, who you know, it could just be a little thing like that. I don't know. Okay, well, here, I'll, t- guess. I'll, I'll tell you two more things, because I didn't even expect to talk about this long. One, <laughs> to that point... This is, this is so video games. Have you been on this show before? I have been on this show, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to that point, um, I don't think that's the answer because of these two things. One... There's, a, there's something wrong with how they dole out experience, and that really might be the main problem here. It's because I did like just regular side quests that were no fighting, and it was like just a dialogue-type quest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, go find something for me, bring it back, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I got like 1,500 experience points. And I was like, whoa, and it went up a level. And I'm okay, like, cool. oh, oh, I see. They're, they want me to do a bunch of boring things to level up my character so that I'll be ready or something. But even if I did all of the things in town... I still wouldn't be as strong enough. And also, that's bullshit because if it's an RPG of choice, you're not giving me choice. You're saying, no, you have to do all of the talkie quests that are in town. Where any other RPG, and you know this, those are optional. Like, right, if you right. want to grind, you can do any, any sort of millions of quests in RPGs. This is basically telling me, and that's why I'm telling you I think it's different, that if you want to beat the fire slugs you probably should have done like the King's quest and that one guy who ran away and the other bullshit and went back down to the river where you first started this game and found a quest there. Fuck that. That's like, that's, that's done wrong. Okay. And then the second part of that is I feel like even if I get around this part that I'm in now with these fucking bugs that keep showing up, this is the kind of game that that's going to happen again. This is not a boss. Brad, you know what I mean? Like, this is not even It's just like a hallway to walk through. Yeah, so that's why I'm out. I think I'm out because whatever trickery I could do to get past these bugs and all that other stuff, it just is not right. So, But I will say this. The coolest part of the game is, in the beginning of the game, there's a cat that starts following you around. And there's a skill, you know, talk to animals. And I Yeah, didn't, you can talk to them. Yep. Yeah, I didn't get it, right? I just, like, left the cat following me around. So at some point... Um, we found some guards and the guards shot the cat. And I was like, oh, hell no. So I reloaded the game and kept reloading it anytime the cat died. And I needed to rescue this cat because fuck that. No one's going to kill a cat on my watch. And so <laughs> we got out of town with the cat intact. And the cat said, because one of our people at some point could talk to animals now, you know. Mm. And the cat goes, thank you. 
I will now become an ability for you. See you later, ta-ta, and disappeared. And so now I can call on a cat, like anytime I want. Anytime you need to get a quick snuggle in or what? What does he do? Oh, he like, <laughs> yeah, he just purrs a lot. He just uh, shows up and walks around your ankles a few times and he leaves? No, he, he uh, can like jump around for you and, and retrieve items. And also you can swap places with him. So like he can kind of magically teleport you places. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a cool. really cool thing. And there's so many interesting systems there. But also I'm out. Well, you know, I bought this game a while ago. It was on a pretty deep discount on PSN. I have it on PS4. I have not even started it. I just saw it. I heard good things. I bought it because it was really, really cheap. And I had a couple extra dollars that particular weekend. So I guess I will move it down a few places in my two playlist. It seems like not a, not a ringing endorsement from you there. It's just the difficulty. I mean, I would really still be like, you know, all the way in with it. But if, uh, by the way, anyone listening, if there's like, again, some special thing that i'm totally fucking missing uh tweet me oh and if you have if you have fire slug advice hit yeah. him up on twitter yeah uh all right here we go next game descenders this is a downhill i mean i guess it's got roguelike elements you can correct me if i'm wrong but I, I remember playing this on xbox one a while ago you're you're on like a bmx bike going down a hill racing there's ramps and a lot of trees remember a lot of trees and procedurally generated uh, courses and you're riding your bike real fast. That is what I remember from Descenders, and it just came out for PS4. PS4. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like a while ago since I played this on Xbox One. I'm not sure what the holdup was, but it's finally on PS4. I think it may also be on Switch, if I'm not mistaken, but you have just been playing it uh, recently, Carlos, on PS4. Uh, tell us about Descenders. Yeah, they did a lot of upgrades. I played it on Steam. Um, I think I bought this or backed it like early, early on. I'm a big sucker for um, the extreme sports games that I'm glad to see are coming back. Um, right now in my queue and PS4, you know, when you pre-order a game, it just sits there and says, you know, three days before it unlocks. Um, which, by the way, is such a new thing, but that's just how video games work sometimes now. Um, one of my things that are going to unlock in about four days at the time of this recording is Tony Hawk, the uh, remake of uh, the remake. 1 and 2. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, these are kind of back here and there. And I saw a bunch at Gamescom as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, as a side note real quick before I talk about Descenders, Lonely Mountain Downhill, which we also like, or Lonely Mountains Downhill. Yeah, uh, ha yeah. Has some DLC coming out that just got announced. I had no idea it was having DLC. What kind of DLC is it? You go to an island, and uh, there's, like, volcanic, volcanic eruptions and stuff, and... Uh, craziness ensues and you know we talked about this the game on our show it's just random eating shit all over the place you fall and bail out and it's really funny <laughs> just to be clear folks it's actually like a bicycle game it's not actually about eating shit in case you didn't know does no one say Mountain's that anymore uh, I mean I think they do I think just we need a little more context in there for people to know what oh right yeah about, I think so. I said it the wrong way I do that sometimes <laughs> in, in Lonely Mountains Downhill you like go down a hill kind of again any way you want um there's not really a main path and it's really fun when you make it and then it's also really fun when you don't and you bail and your bike slams into a tree so that all said i like those games check out lonely mountains downhill dlc but descenders is one i backed i loved it and i'm really happy to have it on my big screen tv uh, playing on playstation 4 they did a bunch of upgrades that all of them are really good uh, and yeah, there's basically like a career mode and you can essentially go into these different maps and try to unlock stuff like every game of this ilk. 
But what's really interesting is you go to, let's say, an area, and it shows you a map, an over, overview, overhead map. And there are all these different paths you can take. So it's a little choose-your-own-adventure that way. So one path might be, it tells you what it is. So it's like curvy, uh, stunts, and easy. And the other one's like super fast downhill. And the other one's like a uh, big jump or something. So you can pick which one you want to do. And then once you get to that and you complete it, then three more paths open up. And so you're basically going through the map that way. And it's kind of an interesting discoverability that way. We're like kind of finding what's on the map. And so say sometimes you eat shit <laughs> and you crash <laughs> a lot. You can actually go to a certain place in the map that's like a medic. And so you actually will get some of your health back. Uh, essentially, you can only get hurt so many times and then it's game over. So if you're like low on health, you can decide, okay, I'm going to take this little path and go get health. If I, if I win the race or if I, you know, win this, um, survive this little race down. Um, again, there's no other bikes on the path. The race just means like you're just going down this hill. And um, remind me, is there is it is every single section of the mountain is it timed or is it just you just have to survive without wrecking too much? There are kind of different ones. Like some have like you have to do it in time, uh, and the daily challenges are like that. They have those as well. But most of them are just like don't eat shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, to really uh, bring that home, I don't know how what I, what I was going to say. It's really uh, <laughs> to really emphasize that, that shit should not be eaten. Yeah. So it's super fun. And I think I'm pretty sure all that stuff wasn't there in the original. Like it made it so much more interesting to tackle the maps. And on top of that, this is the coolest part. There's bosses on each map and you have to have to actually tackle the boss before sunset because essentially time goes by as well. So you can do like maybe three or four maps or three or four uh, races and this map before the sun goes down. And before the sun goes down, you need to go and tackle the boss. The boss is usually just like one really big jump, like something <laughs> that's like fucking like terrifying. And what a really cool way to make it uh, a boss in that game. Because I got to the boss on one level and it was about to be sunset. And, you know, I did the regular course and all of a sudden it went to this huge hill. And then I went down and I saw in the distance, there was this massive ramp and it was going over these train tracks. And I was like, fuck me. And of course, I ate shit the first time. <laughs> uh, and then the second time, I made it and I cleared it. And I fucking jumped over and did a trick at the same time over the top of a train. And I beat the boss and I felt really good. So this game is fucking fun. Man, you know, I I played it right when it first dropped on Xbox One. And it was pretty early at that point. I mean, probably more advanced than when you backed it on um, PC or whatever. But I remember playing it and feeling like, oh, you know, this needs like six more months in the oven. Uh, and I was going to come back to it. But then, you know, like a billion games came out between now and then. And I kind of forgot about it. But now that I'm hearing you talk about it again, I'm pretty sure I still have it on Xbox One. I don't think it was a Game Pass thing. I think I, I bought it or I have it or something. I, I may go fire it up after this because this makes me want to play it again. Well, it's perfect like uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill as well, where you can just play it quickly and be done with it, right? A couple runs and move oh, on. Oh, yeah. yeah totally, I mean, that's totally. what it's made for. They also have uh, Creative cra Cracks. <laughs> what? They have creative, creative Crack, and it's a, a drug you can <laughs> buy when you go down the hill. No. Um, creative Crab, and I'm like, well, I like crabs. <laughs> so what, what I meant to say... There's a store in the game where you can get creative crabs and creative crack, and it helps your character. 
um no no it's um it, it's really really easy to to play like a custom track like so people can make their own tracks oh and um, you like upload and share that kind of yeah, thing? yeah 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 and then there's also practice like in the main hub area you can just like go fart around and like there's tons of hills and you can go pretty much you know a really big area and the, by the way in the main area you usually see three or four other people real people or are they AI? real people Oh, the, okay. So it's like an online lobby sort of thing? Online lobby, and they're just like popping in. And by the way, I'm sure there is some sort of multiplayer. I didn't even play it. I think there's probably something, because obviously why would they have all those people just running around the lobby? Um, so I feel like I'm a bad reviewer because I didn't look at that part. But I will play it again and get back to you on this show. Uh, but other than that, my only gripe with it, and then we'll move on, is that in that lobby, in that kind of like fun general area where you can just jump around, whenever you crash or like really eat shit um they put you they reset you at the middle of the map they don't just reset you where you fell but you're in a lobby what do you mean i don't get it okay so it's so dumb so the lobby area is outside right it's just like this little place with tables and stuff like a okay. picnic area right okay okay and there's like all these little tents and stuff and then if you like, gotta go to the right or left and you go to the big hills like the fun stunt tracks and you just go fart, fart around and play but the minute you like bail over there and you you crash they reset you to the middle of it so you're back to the beginning of the lobby area yeah it doesn't make and any it's sense that big that's that it's like a hassle to get back yeah i mean well also because you're in the momentum you know like all these types of games you just want to start right over again you know sure sure so sure. let i don't know if the developers listening because i gave him a bunch of praise i'll tweet it oh, out he'll definitely be listening for sure i'm going to send him a link to the show so he will okay. guarantee to be listening listen all you need to do it's an easy patch it, I'll do it for you. <laughs> okay, I don't know if it's easy. I, I think don't know if it's that easy, dude. Don't make a promise. That I, your body okay, I think it is, though. All you got to do is he hear me out, developers. Oh, if I use this voice, man. all you got to do is when you crash in the lobby area, okay, just restart immediately where the, the player is. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> all right, we will, we will pass that particular feedback along to the publisher and developer. We will let them know that that is a requested fix. If that fix happens, it's because of you Thank right you. here tonight on the 70 yeah. Games Podcast. And I, by the way, everybody just pick this up. It is so fun and relaxing. I, I just love it. I, I play it almost every day now. All right. Excellent. That is a big thumbs up for Descenders. And I'm going to have to go and check it out again. Seems like it's come a long way since last time I looked at it. So I will definitely pop back in for a quick ride. Cool. Uh, all right. Moving on. I have a couple more quick hits here. Uh, also on Switch. First one. Raji, an ancient epic. I did not talk about this last episode, did I, or did I? Mm, I feel no. like I did not. No. Okay, let's pretend like I didn't. Uh, this was one of the featured games in the Nintendo showcase that just happened um, a little while ago, maybe like a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. The one they just dropped on us out of nowhere, which I love. Yeah, I, you know, I do kind of dig that when they make an announcement, and then at the end of the announcement, they're like, and it's available right now. Oh, I love, I love that. That's great. Oh. I love it. Uh, so this was, uh, again, Raji, R-A-G-I, an ancient epic. This was coming uh, to us from developers from India. This was based on Indian folklore. And you play a girl whose brother is kidnapped by some demons, and you need to go and rescue him. Um, watching the trailer that they showed on the Nintendo showcase made it look very much kind of like a cross between old school God of War with the perspective kind of pulled back third person but not really behind the back kind of side view uh also 
reminded me a lot of like old school, not old school, but like mid school Prince of Persia, like the Sands of Time era mm. when uh, Ubisoft kind of uh, rebooted it. Yep. Where there's like a lot of like wall running and acrobatics and you're jumping off stuff. Like that trailer sold me like immediately, dude. I'm like, oh, yes, I, would, I totally want to play that. That looks good. And plus, like, you know, being from India, I'm always open to, like, developers from other countries. I'm really curious to see what they come up with and what their what their take on things is. So I'm like, yes, 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 I'm down. So the publisher was kind enough to send me a code. Full disclosure, I got a code for this one. And I started playing it, and I got to say, it is a train wreck and a oh. half. It is terrible. It is terrible. And I don't say that disrespectfully. Like, I know that a lot of people in India worked real hard on this. They seemed like very nice people on that trailer on the Nintendo show. Like, I really want to support developers in other countries. But, man, this game is just not good. I mean, part of it is that the storytelling just does not start off on the right foot. Um, I'm a Westerner. I fully admit that, right? And I don't know very much about India, Indian history, or Indian folklore. And, I mean, maybe if I was in India, this would have landed with me a very different way. But, like, when the game starts, it's, it's just, like, a lot of, like, folklore fairy tales that i'm not familiar with and there's like a lot of names a lot of stuff that doesn't mean a lot to me and they just kind of roll through it really quickly and at the end of it i'm like it didn't it just kind of washed over me you know like none of it really connected i didn't really get a sense of who my character was uh it just didn't feel like a really great way to start not a good thing to ground your game in um so i didn't really click with the story at all uh and then as the game begins the platforming is like okay like it's a little loose it's not really super tight and there's not a whole lot of it. I, I kind of thought I would like more, but you really quickly get to combat. Uh, and combat seems to be like the overwhelming bulk of the game, which is a problem because the combat is really bad. Uh, the hitboxes, I just, I couldn't figure them out. Uh, the priority for hits, I couldn't figure out. It just seemed like you were kind of button mashing and the computer would sometimes just, just bulldoze through you and hit you when they shouldn't have hit you. And sometimes it seems like you should hit, but you're not hitting and the perspective is not great. And you're just kind of just like wandering around and trying to fight these really generic looking enemies in these little combat arenas. Like you get into a, a level, right? And let's say like you're doing some wall running, you jump across a gap, you get into a little area and then a little like circle appears around you and you can't leave the circle and you got to fight this monster inside a circle. It's like those that kind of like really old school you are trapped in this space and you cannot leave until you beat this monster. It's like, mm -hmm. like really old school design, dude. Like I feel like the industry has like long ago moved on past that. So that was not great. And it just, it just does not feel good to play. Like the, the mechanics don't feel good. Combat doesn't feel good. Monsters have way too much life. Uh, I was doing some of the early battles, like four and five and six and seven times in a row, just trying to get past them. And I just, it just did not work for me at all. Um, looked great in the trailer. That trailer is killer. Anybody curious about this can watch that Nintendo trailer and I'm sure they will be as sold as I was, but it just goes to show like, you know, you really got to get your fundamentals dialed in. And if your game is all about combat, like this one is that combat has to feel really good. You know, it's yeah. got to feel wonderful. And it just did not feel like it was anywhere it needed to be. So I bounced off it really quickly, did not have a good time with it, did not like the story, did not like the combat, and there was not nearly enough platforming for my taste. In the bit that I saw, did not finish it. So bounced off really quickly. Very sad face on that one. Yeah, I feel like I was like, I'll give an alternate review and check it out anyways. Uh, but the combat has to be good. Like that's, um, no, that's the part that, combat that scares is bad. me away. It is bad, bad, bad combat. Like if you, if you're, attacking a monster and you're not sure if you're going to hit and you're not sure if your hit's going to hit first and you just keep getting like it's the kind of game like for example it's so unpolished like there's these monsters that spit bullets at you right 
And any good game with monsters that spit bullets will have that monster pause long enough for you to close the distance and hit that monster. Not so in this game. This game, the monsters just spit and spit and spit and spit and spit. And it's like you can easily get like trapped where you just can't break out of that cycle and get a hit in. Or if there's two or three monsters in an arena, any good combat game will like give you, you know, you'll take a couple hits for sure as punishment, but they will let you get back on your feet and get a breather. Not so in this one. If you get, uh, you can get stun locked by like one guy hitting you, knocking you down, and you try to get up. The other guy on the other side hits you, knocks you back down, you can't get back up. It's that yeah. kind of stuff where it's like, you know, that's that's old school, really bad 3D combat. And we figured that stuff out a long time ago, and it feels like the developers are still playing catch up. So no disrespect to them. I mean, they're, they're clearly on a learning curve. I feel like like the visuals are pretty good, so they've got that going for them at, at least. But um, it's just it's not anywhere near where it needs to be, like mechanically. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a bummer. One more quickie for me, and then we're gonna finish big with your game here. Uh, just a quick shout out to Runestone Keeper right now on the Switch. I played it on I want to say Xbox One. I'm pretty sure it's on like literally every system known to man. It is a dungeon crawling. Uh, I mean, I guess it's an RPG. It's kind of like a weird roguelike dungeon crawler, but it's it's almost like Minesweeper in a way, where your character is just like a little icon, and your each dungeon is just like a room full of squares, like in a checkerboard, and you gotta click on each square. And sometimes it's a monster, sometimes it's nothing, sometimes it's treasure. And as you go through these little quote unquote dungeons, you will you know pick up gold, you'll level up your guy, you'll get some new powers. You'll get some random, you know, random loot because it's kind of like a roguelike. You'll get like a good sword or you get a magic spell that you didn't have last time. Um, and you just kind of keep playing until you either get to the end of the game, which I have not gotten to the end of the game, or you die. And I have died. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of neat and it's kind of interesting. Um, the tutorials could be better. I feel like they don't explain everything to my satisfaction. But once you get into it, it's kind of neat to see a roguelike um, of this kind where it's just very simple Everything you need to see is on one screen, and it's all just about like managing these little squares on a board. It's kind of like Minesweeper, but a roguelike, and there's also an RPG element to it. Um, very unusual, very unusual, but also very interesting. Um, I've been plinking away at it a little bit every night. Um, have not gotten super far, but I kind of dig what it's doing, and I'm going to keep chewing on it for a while. Yeah, it looks like a, yeah, like a puzzle game, really. Yeah, it's like a puzzle game slash Minesweeper slash roguelike. It's weird. Yeah, I, it reminds me of uh, there's another game I played. We played so many games. I can't remember what, which one this was, but it was similarly tile-based, and each move you 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 uh, each square you went to was either a monster or a treasure. Um, I feel like I've played a game like this before. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is it's great though. It's it's nice in like short bursts. So totally. If you want a roguelike, but you don't want a whole bunch of stuff to manage, like I mean, it's pretty simple. It's pretty pretty you know streamlined. Um, but there's enough depth to it to where it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I've gone three and four and five floors down and I'm, I'm pretty into it. Um, it does get tough at times and sometimes, you know, luck of the draw gets you and you, you know, you get a bad round or something, but so far I kind of dig it. It's a nice, it's a nice, um, alternate take on roguelikes and the switch, as we all know, is home to all the roguelikes in the world right now. And this is a very, very different kind of a roguelike. So I think it's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, before, uh, and check, I'll check it out actually. Uh, cause I do like, uh, short, quick Quick hits. That's what we do on the show sometimes. Quick, Quick hits. hits. Uh, before we get to my, my big game I want to talk about, I just remembered I wanted to mention this game that might get you angry. If you want to Google it, I know that you'll get angry at the artwork, so that's why oh, I, I just want geez. you to look at it. All right. What's the, what, what is it? I don't know. What, this is it's not on the script, folks. It's not on the script. It's it's off script. We're going off script. Uh, it cost me two forty nine dollars uh, earlier today. I, I picked it up. 
and it's five bucks on Steam. It's called Death's Hangover, and it's basically a breakout slash Arkanoid game. That Dude, is, I just bought this last night. Did you? <laughs> I literally just bought it last night. <laughs> it's similar to um, Devil Crush or Alien Crush or Turbo Graphics and those kind of like pinball games where you're also like fighting monsters. It looks a little bit like Strikey Sisters. Have you played that? I haven't played that, no. Strikey Sisters is similar to this also on the Switch. It's really, really hard though. But I looked at this and it was like $2.49. I'm like, okay, that's totally within my gambling range. So I'm just going to like roll the dice and see if there's any good. I haven't started it yet though. Tell me what you think about well, this. Well, I'll tell you what I think about it, but aren't you like just viciously angry at the art? You know, I kind of am. I, I kind of halfway <laughs> am vicious about it. But I am also intrigued because... The art was turning me off, but the gameplay screens were kind of turning me on. So I was yep. kind of like hit or miss on this one. Yeah, that's what that's what made me do the big two forty nine purchase was <laughs> what this game is. And I have good and bad news. Mainly, it's good news, but um, I'll start with the bad news. Is yeah, that okay. art that art is ridiculous. It's and pretty like, bad. It's pretty bad. Like I get, it's kind of almost like Mimi, like four chan-y like slash you know wannabe anime kind of style art. And I think it wants to be that. So I almost can't fault it for what it's doing because I don't think they're trying to be better than what they drew, especially when you see or read some of the cutscenes. They're just like, they're just, I don't want to say they're phoning it in, but I think they're like on purpose not trying. Okay, okay. Like all the cutscenes are like ridiculous, like silly. Which, which can be a mood if, you, if you're in the mood for that. I mean, I kind of got that vibe off it. It didn't seem at all like a serious game. Yeah, so. I don't think they give a shit, which is actually... It's, I guess it isn't a bad thing. So the good thing is, I, I love this style of game, and it doesn't exist really, I think, anywhere. And if someone's listening, let me know. But it's essentially Arkanoid or Breakout. If you, also oh, young people don't remember what those games are, but they're basically, a, 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 I've never had to describe that before. There's a little ball at the bottom of the screen, and usually you have to like break things at the top of the screen. And then in this type of game, it has that RPG or like story element. So you have to break down a door that's at the top of the screen and have the ball leave the area, and that will bring you to the next area. Does that make sense? I mean, I think it's one of those games where if you just YouTube, like, Arkanoid or Breakout, you will understand it within two seconds, but trying okay. to explain it is kind of complicated. I know. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. Even if you guys don't know what that is, Breakout, Arkanoid, anything like that, look it up. You'll be like, oh, got it. Got it. Like two seconds. So you shoot a little ball, you break things at the top, right? And in this one, it's got uh, elements of... There's a really good pinball game that's like this, where you fight monsters with a pinball uh, thing at the bottom. And I forgot what that's called, but it's really good. And, yeah, you're these two, I guess, demons that got turned into women for some reason. Uh, and Death, I guess, has a hangover, because that's the name of the video game. And he wants you to do something... And I think Satan's involved this in some way. This sounds terrible. Death turned two demons into women, and he wants them to do something. Well, you know what? That sounds like a joke about to happen. Well, they make a joke about themselves because they're like, the first cutscene is like, look, we have boobs. Oh, and I'm like, man. Oh, no. Please don't say oh, more of these man. words. And so, okay, that aside, uh, and the cutscenes aside in general, the gameplay is very fun. Is and it? It looked kind of fun from those screens, dude. It's really interesting because you have power-ups on your little block, you know. Uh, essentially, it is a character moving a block on the bottom. So that little, like, um, you know, the the shield or whatever you have. It's a bar. And that, it's a cursor. Who knows what it is? It's, it's a character yeah. with, like, holding, like, a wall. And okay. essentially, you can get power-ups just like you would in an Arcanoid game. And those power-ups can do, be things like your little block can shoot now. So now it's like a shooter with 
uh, an Arcanade game. And then on top of that, some of the power-ups are like you can catch the ball, which is very much like those old-school games, yeah. and yeah. send it back. But the number one mechanic that's amazing, and, I mean, it's just great. It's so simple. It doesn't have a cooldown. There's no, like, time for it. There's no stamina meter. But you can always speed up or slow down the ball at any time. Oh, cool. Okay. So if it get, if it's life is getting hectic and there's monsters on the screen and you're shooting things and you're like, wait, let's fucking slow this ball down so I know it doesn't go past me and I can make the perfect shot. Or if it's no, no monsters on the board and you just want to, like, really time something right, you know, like to make it go right into the hole that you want it to go into, you can slow down and you'll get that shot. Uh, I think I've used speed up very few times, but it is nice to kind of like destroy a bunch of stuff at once and you can kind of speed it up that way. But it's so addictive and the bosses work really well. There's like bosses at some point and you've got to fight them. Uh, the first one I fought was a skull with hands and it, it made sense. It wasn't cheap. You know, it shot things at me, but I could dodge it and also, you know, hit the ball at it. It's very good, man. Like it's oh, like okay, surprise of the show, surprise pick of the show, Death's Hangover. Death's I'm very hangover. glad to hear you say this. But the cutscenes are really whack. <laughs> but <laughs> I know they're probably trying to be. Yeah. But it's that's, it's yeah. <laughs> that's the vibe I got. That's the vibe I got. Looking at that art, it kind of tells you a lot about what you're in for. But those gameplay screens won me over, dude. I'm like, this looks like it's worth two fifty. And it sounds like, from what you're saying, it is definitely worth two fifty. It's worth the five dollars on Steam too. It's it's. I think it'd be worth a ten dollar purchase. I think it's. Whoa. A, I, okay, maybe that's too much. I, I that's think like so. Four times more than what I paid for it. I'm happy with two fifty. I'm gonna okay. crack into this tonight. It's worth two fifty right now. It's worth five dollars on Steam. I'll say that. Okay, let's just say that. That's if, fair. That's fair. For what you're getting out of it, it's just really fun. And, and by the way, there needs to be more games like this because it's super addictive and fun, and doesn't always have to be about death having a hangover. Let's just see some more of these come out. You know. Right on. Well, I'm surprise. really glad you brought it to the show. I'm I, surprise, unscripted, totally organic, out of nowhere. We just kind of pivoted towards death, death's hangover. I'm on Switch. Are you playing on PC right now? No, I'm playing on the Switch. On so, Switch also. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Thank you for bringing that. I'm very, actually, very, very excited about that because literally bought it last night at a whim. But nice. okay. Enough about that. We have one more game to get to. Uh, you're gonna finish big for the show here, Carlos. Wasteland Three. Uh, just came out recently. Um, I have checked it out. I'm curious about it. People tell me it is similar to like an old school um, Fallout or like one of those games, like a kind of a top-down RPG where there's lots of stuff you can do, lots of options. Kind of similar to the one that we just talked about earlier, Divinity Original Sin 2. Yep. Uh, but this is just just dropped like this week. So a lot of people get into it. Um, I hear it's a big game. I hear it's a really deep game. I hear it's kind of like a monster project. So that kind of cooled me off a little bit. I don't have time for that right now, but I am curious. Tell us what your experience with Wasteland 3 has been. And where are you playing? What what platform? PS4. PS4. Uh, pre-ordered it. Was super excited. Got the, the Wasteland 3 theme on my PS4. And yeah, opening as soon as it opened up, um, I guess it was like 9 o'clock Pacific time for us um, when it was ready to go live. I started playing it. And yeah, the, the short version is I love it and I'm totally addicted and it's, you know, easily supplants the Divinity Original Sin 2 in the fact that it's doing a lot of the same types of things in, in the game, but millions of times better. Uh, in general, Wasteland, by the way, is an old school RPG that I played because I'm 100 years old. Uh, originally, when it came out on disc, motherfucking diskette, 
I played. Let's, let's let's pause here for one second, dude, because this was in PC land where I was not at that time, but right. you were. So just for a really quickie history lesson, I know that there is some crossover between the people who worked on Fallout and the people who worked on Wasteland. Was it was it Wasteland and then something happened and they lost the rights and they made Fallout, or was it Fallout they lost the rights and then they made Wasteland? Which way did it go? I think it's Wasteland Fallout. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right because Wasteland was definitely before Fallout because Fallout was more of an isometric view of this like this like this game is right mm-hmm. something that you are used to seeing like a Baldur's Gate Fallout One Fallout Two Wasteland was definitely before because it was like a um, what's it called? A first person dungeon crawler style game. Okay. Kind of like a dragon quest sort of a thing. Dragon quest. Uh, no, 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 like, like, um, like, like, uh, uh, bard's tale, like the original dungeon crawler. Like remember Zanky Zenko I just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, right. Dragon Tile Quest, like Tile. the like old school. Like yeah. you see the enemies in front of you, and you, you see like your sword swipe, but you don't see yourself. You're yep, looking yep. at them. Okay, that's First what person. Wasteland was, um, and a lot of it was our own imagination. You know, like <laughs> filling in the gaps of what this game was. Because the I, best video game, your own imagination. Yeah, I think I played this on EGA graphics, motherfuckers, and <laughs> EGA was not VGA. So VGA had, uh, was it? millions of colors and EGA no one even like knows what those things mean anymore dude hundreds of colors basically it didn't look good but it was this really really interesting world where some say it was one of the first open world games where you really could essentially go anywhere and pick any quest you wanted to do and you could early on just like in fallout 1 and 2 kill quest givers you could kill anyone you could do different things that weren't um like that before in video games and i remember just falling in love with that style like oh my goodness an open world what does this mean uh and then uh it kept going with fallout one which is the same type of thing you could like literally take out a a quest giver and just never do that quest so these are the people who i've always supported and championed i really enjoyed wasteland 2 it had a difficulty spike that was pretty tough uh going back to that again but I am proud to say and happy to say Wasteland 3 does not have those difficulty spikes. It is very smart in how it gives you plenty of opportunity to level up and to learn the systems. And then it throws you into some deep waters. But the deep waters are also, because it's a Wasteland game, uh, similar to a Fallout game, you can avoid them. A lot of things in this game that are too difficult, you can just go around and not do those, those quests. Uh, but backing up a little bit, it's Baldur's Gate meets XCOM. So that's what the style of game is. So for the most part, you and your party are running around like a Baldur's Gate game, an RPG, a Divinity Original Sin style game. How many in your party do you have? Or what's the max? Well, I'll tell you about it in a minute um, because there's a thing about that. But your party is running around, and then when you do it in a combat, it goes in XCOM. Does that make sense? Like with uh, grid-based stuff in the the ground and stuff? Everything. Take turns, right? And And it's a little... It's a little difficult. It's not like just straight up action RPG. I mean, um, turn-based RPG. It's you do have to think about things. You have to think about you know what you would get exciting uh, out of the strategy games that you like playing, like Desperado. You've got to think about your 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 moves. But it's not super unforgiving. Um, in the very beginning, you make two characters, so you can either pick pre-made characters or make your own. Of course, you make your own. Come on. Of course you do. Why why would you not? Why would you not? And, it, you know, there's very, like, specialists. So there's a melee person, there's a sniper person, there's an, just a regular uh, gunsmith person. There's a, you can specialize in so many things, it's crazy. But the idea is to kind of have a wide breadth of selection of people so that when you go to an area, you've got to have some lock picking. You have someone who can do that. So you really have to think about that. 
uh, when you make your first two characters, and then very, very quickly, you meet someone who recruits people for you, and then you make two more people. So essentially, you can have four people at all times that are custom-made people that you made. And then you have two slots left over for when you meet new people. And so you can Pre have like pre-made people. Yeah, pre-made people who are like real people in the world, and they have their own backstories. Okay, so, so like predefined characters. So you have four blank slates, and then you get two created by the developers. Right, but they are, they're empty until you meet somebody where it okay. makes sense, right? Which is so cool. That's exactly like great storytelling. Like I met this one girl, and she was like mad about um, these guys, the Dorseys. Fucking Dorseys. People who are playing the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Fucking Dorseys. But anyways, these Dorseys, it's like, uh, you know, let's call them bad guys for now. They went and stole some uh, family or some friends, and this girl's like, I'm going to go with you. You know, we're going to, like, get some retribution. And now she's in our party. And so that's how it works, and you kind of can pick and choose. You also have a little bit of base building. So when you find people, you can recruit them, and they can go back to your headquarters and kind of set up a little shop there. And, yeah, great storytelling. The combat is very fun. I never felt like cheated, uh, no difficulty spikes. I felt any sort of problems or like fuck ups were my own fault. Um, the combat is so fun. Like it is, it's probably what you feel when you play Desperados three. Is it Desperados? Yeah. Desperados three. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Because like, I don't know the difficulty is different for, for some reason. And I can't get into that one, that style, but this one, uh, it just feels like, it feels fair, but it doesn't feel overly hard. And I just feel like, I don't know, there's something about it. When a video game does combat right, like we were saying, when the video game does combat wrong earlier. Yes. This one does it right. And that what happens is as soon as I'm done with a fight, I'm like, oh, I want to do that again. Like, that feels great. This is terrible. This is awful. I'm really mad at you for saying this because I was putting this on my backlog and I wasn't going to get to it until maybe probably not even until next year because I keep hearing it's a beast of a game, right? But it's like what you're saying sounds totally up my alley. It's making me very excited, but I, I don't have time to play this game right now, but you're making me want to play this game, dude. Well, then I'll make you more excited because oh, here's shit. some other things. Oh, no. Okay. All right. No, this is one of the coolest things. This okay. is really, really cool. And I... I it's a whole little tangent. I have to go on it. So at the beginning, when I first heard about them making another Wasteland, there was a trailer they put out with, I think it's a Genesis song. Um, and it was a cover of an 80s song by the Genesis, I think. And it's some women singer. I forgot who did it. And it was so haunting and beautiful. And I was like, oh, man. You know, like when a song brings you into a movie trailer? Sure. You sure. know, and it just kind of sells it for you. So yeah. I was like, I was already excited, but this even got me more excited. Oh, wow. And so I start the game, and that song's not anywhere, right? You know, and that whole chilling moment that I had isn't anywhere. And even some of the storytelling in the trailer isn't in the beginning of the game. And I was like, well, this is a different beginning altogether. I hope some of the songs come back because it was such a really cool, you know, uh, atmosphere. So I was, I was kind of sad that that song wasn't there. And all of a sudden, I get into our first fight, like our first big fight, and a fucking song starts. It's not that song, but it was another like real song, you know, something that like comes in and makes you feel the feelings. And it's similar to Red Dead Redemption 2. There was like a scene in that game where a song came in and it was like a perfectly timed where the song came in to make me feel something about the characters. 
This was early on in the game. And then later on, maybe like four hours in, it happened again during a battle scene that was like a really taxing one on me. And I was like really, really tired and didn't know if I could make it. And a song came up and just started playing. And so my tangent is with movies and with video games, I'm guessing that it costs a lot of money to get the rights to songs. So maybe lots of times they pay for them for the trailer. And then in the game, you never see them, you know, or listen to them. But this one, they paid some money for some new songs and it really makes a difference. I, is it, are they boss battles or they just kind of randomly come up or they just, yeah, the first one came up during the first fight and it really made sense. Like it was like, Ooh, this is like adding like mood to like where we are right now that we have to fight these people. Um, maybe it's hard for me to explain it really but at the same I mean, it time it sounds cool though like do you feel like it was scripted or do you feel like the game just just, just randomly happened and it kind of just like hit you the right way i mean was it like i guess did it feel like you hit a high point in the story and it, therefore there was a song there or was it just just happened no no i think it was scripted i oh, mean again okay. I, okay. I it's i've only it's only happened twice so it's not like you know if it was random it would be much more like often and random at times but i feel like it was scripted because it was our first big fight and another thing about this game that's great is that all the choices feel like gray right like you hear someone say something terrible about some people and then you're like you hear the other people talk terrible about them and so you are always stuck in this like uh middle ground of like what should i do and so then when you when you have to fight people and kill people sometimes you feel really bad or you know like definitely have to want to save a lot in this game because there's like one like escalated situation can be like okay now we have to kill everybody and you might not want to do that. Like a good example is I went to a nightclub and there was these guys just having like a frat party and they're like douchebags. And I was like, cool, cool. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. I went to the wrong room. And they started picking a fight with me. And I didn't say goodbye quick enough. And they're like, no, it's on. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, no, I've got to kill all of these frat guys now <laughs> in this club. And then, of course, then the guards are going to get mad at me. So I had to like re-say, reload it, you know. Um, anyways, I bring that up because this game has so many possibilities and, and it just feels so open, like a Wasteland original or like Fallout, and it's fucking great, man. It's like it's like top game for the year for me already. It's like and... making my it's making my top list, dude. It's making my top dude, list, dude. This is rough. This is rough because I don't have time for a game like this. But it sounds like a kind of game that I want to get into. Ah, damn Be- you, Carlos. Best Ugh. of 2020. It's on my list. All right, I'll have to see what I can do. No promises. No promises. To see what I can do. All right. So fucking good. Uh, Wasteland three. That is a resounding yay from Carlos, and it is a goddamn it. I got to play this game now (laughs) from me. Shit. All right, that's all the stuff we have in the script. Now we did. uh, I didn't have a lot of Gamescom stuff. Gamescom is happening right now, and the way that I'm interacting with Gamescom is I have like 94 million emails in my inbox that I need to sift through, and I just don't have the energy for it right now so that's what i know of gamescom do you want to dip into some gamescom stuff real quick carlos how are you feeling on that i do but why don't you send me like 43 million of those codes then i'll, I'll use some of them oh i don't know that there's any codes in there it's just like hey oh. here's our game coming in 2021 please watch our cinematic trailer and i'm like no right no right, right. no no and you know like I, I try to watch some and you know i like to establish pr connections if there's a cool game i gotta you know reach out to somebody maybe they'll send me a code later on next year when the game comes out but, like a lot of these games are like yeah q3 2021 please read this thing and uh, oh, check right. out this developer diary and i'm like dude no like i that is so that is a million miles away we are going to have 
an American Revolution before your game comes out. I got right. I cannot focus on your game right now. So and like, then it might not come out, which is and then it might not. America um, might not be here. Which, by the so, way, is another reason why I'm loving Wasteland Three because it is definitely dystopian. It's definitely making me feel like you know this might be a future that I have to fight in. So, like, I feel like I'm practicing my decision-making. We're learning survival skills in Wasteland 3 yes. for the upcoming uh, America 2021. Yes. Well, and also, just, like, my like my um, decision-making, like I said. Like, if it's, you know, me and you are in a foxhole, and there's another person, and they're acting a certain way, like, what do we do? Like, maybe they're, you know, mean, but then we want to keep them around because they can help us, you know? Who knows? Well, if it's a frat dude, then I my vote is kill him, and we just we bug out. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's a bunch of them, and they're also in a nightclub, and it's also there's guards around. Um, anyways, I'm I'm loving Wasteland Three for that. But here's a couple quick hits All right. from uh, Opening Night Live, which is Jeff Keeley's show. Which both these things are online right now. You can go watch them. Uh, whenever this comes up, goes up online, you'll still be able to see them. Opening Night Live, Jeff Keighley's show, where he opened up Gamescom, and also Gamescom coverage on IGN. There's like four videos. Well, as of this recording, there'll probably be four videos. Uh, four days of events. Each video is eight hours. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Who's got time to watch that? Well, Carlos, that. a little bit, because I've what I do is I, I scrub through the video. Sure. And sure. I just wait for trailers and stuff. So there was like a gazillion exclusive trailers. I'll just give you... Eight things, okay? All right. Eight or nine things. Real quick. These are from both Opening Night Live and Gamescom. Everybody just Google these when I I tell you about them. Dragon Age has a new game coming out. That's all you need to know. They're working on it. They showed some footage. All Uh, right. That's that's all. It exists. It it exists. Uh, Teardown. I've been watching this for a long time. This developer was working on a system that is fucking amazing and wasn't a game when I was watching it. And now it's a game called Teardown. Uh, I believe it's coming out at the end of this year. What are you tearing down? Okay, all it is is it's like super realistic physics, like a Minecraft-y, Lego-y type game, but everything reacts. Like sunlight goes through cracked uh, holes in the wall. Uh, You can smash anything. Smoke, uh, uh, like fire uh, can catch the walls on fire. Smoke happens. All the systems react beautifully and there's like a puzzle game in it but it's really about to showcase the awesome physics cool cool okay tear down um little nightmares 2 looks amazing oh i loved the first one i thought that was quite good yeah it looks spooky spookier than ever it has co-op in it uh your little guys are holding hands and going through nightmarish things yeah cute and spoopy uh and then skywalker saga i had no idea that i would want to play that but it's the lego game that covers every single star wars Ah, okay. All right. You know, that can be addictive, you know, especially that's all of them. And it's comedy. Remember, like, Lego, um, what's the one where you're a cop? Lego Lego City Undercover? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has that kind of humor in it. Gotcha. That was fun. That was a fun game. Yeah. Also, what I'm going to probably download tonight, Struggling. I'm playing that literally right now. Okay. It's out for the Switch, and it's about, it's kind of like body horror in a way, where it's like the fleshy thing that you move around the, the weird world and do puzzles. I don't know. It is totally like 2D Octodad is what it is. 2D okay, there Octodad. You go. Never mind. That's an easier way to explain it. And also 12 Minutes, which I've been waiting for for a very long time. Ooh, big buzz for that one. It's a top-down view. Uh, basically, you can do multiple different ways to solve problems, and multiple different things outcomes can happen. Like 
someone could be alive, someone could die, someone could you could make it out uh, in a sneaky way, in a more of a abrupt way. That's a terrible description of it. Just it's Google got some, some big name Hollywood actors attached to it though for voice work, right? Oh, it's Willem got some Dafoe. Really big stars. Yeah. Willem Dafoe just yeah joined down or whatever. A couple like I don't remember the names, but I remember there was three or four like really like top list people who were attached. Is this coming from Annapurna? Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Twelve minutes. Anyway, just Google it. It's it's looks really cool. The other couple are Scarlet Nexus, which a bunch of people were talking about. Action RPG, anime, crazy world, really really weird monster design. Um, it seems up my alley. Uh, and then also the Lovecraftian, um, was it Coranium? Conarium. Conarium. Yeah, that one's been out on PC for a while. It's actually been on PS4 for a while. Is it coming to the Switch? Has Is it that been what on the, the PS4 was? and I missed it? Oh, yeah, I think I have it on I bought it a million years ago. I have never. I have not touched it yet, but it's on PS4. And I is it the new Switch version you were looking at? I don't know. They were just mentioning it at Gamescom, so I don't know. It must be Switch, yeah. Okay. But it's, it's been out for quite a while. I remember, um, I think Dan reviewed it for us at Game Critics. Yeah, I think he liked it. I think it was good. He liked it, okay. Yeah, again, Lovecraft, and I'm watching uh, Lovecraft Country right now, which is fantastic. Heard it was so, good. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, the other one is uh, Nazer, Son of Man, which is a side-scrolling Metal Slug game, but with like steampunk elements. Um, and also, like, the hand of God comes down every once in a while. Uh, I don't know why. It just looked really, really... The art looks amazing. Uh, so N-A-S-E-R, Son of Man. Just a few more. Uh, Madness. Um, oh, Stone of Madness. That looks awesome. That looks like um, Desperados 3 plus, like, crazy insanity elements plus RPG story. Right, plus basically, like, really like dire situation you're like yeah. people with nothing and you're in a prison and you need to escape like so it's five like, mentally ill people trying to escape and manage their mental illness at the same time oh yeah for some reason i want to play it looks interesting as fuck uh and then also which is out right now i think this episode will go up maybe tomorrow um if it doesn't then i'm sorry it's already the demo's already over with but there's a demo right now for free it's called just die already and it's about old people in a sandbox where they just kill everything, including themselves. And it's really ridiculous. And it's brought to you by the people who made Goat Simulator. Goat Simulator. Yeah, I heard about this one. My son is very excited for this. He loves Goat Simulator. He's put hours and hours and hours into that fucking game. Um, didn't click with me, but he loves it. And he is very stoked for this one. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Also, just a quick shout out to Dual Universe, because that's going to be an online civilization game, which seems cool. Uh, Tinkertown looks like a Terraria, but with a different perspective. And lastly, Giants Uprising looks fun as hell because you're a giant and you're just smashing things. And like all the, like a sim world, you know, like kind of a Age of Empires type world and like this right. big giant just smashing things. And smashing is fun. It's always a good smashing time. Smashing is fun. It reminds me of Rampage. Remember Rampage? I love Rampage. Yeah. That movie, actually, did you see the movie Rampage? No, that. why would they make a movie? Surprisingly, not awful. It was actually pretty good, if you want a big monster movie. I'm which making an awful face. I don't want to see that. No, it was good. If you want like a big kaiju monster movie, it was decent, man. It was not bad. I've seen worse, that's for wow, sure. Wow, crazy. Anyway, all right, we got to wrap this up. I got to go. I think we have covered everything we're going to cover tonight. Uh, folks, that is it. We got to wrap uh, before we go, send us your questions and comments. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at so video games, but you can also reach us individually. Carlos, 
Where can people find you this week? Yeah, I restarted my A Lot of Things podcast, which I've started and stopped 18,000 times. Uh, but for a while there, we were, had a good run. We ran for like a few years. So it's back. It's me talking about a bunch of stuff that I don't talk about on this show, which is movies, music, uh, a little bit of video games, but mainly like books, uh, other things, shows. So anchor.fm, anchor.fm slash a lot of things, or just Google a lot of things and you'll probably find it. Excellent. As for me, it is the same as usual. Instagram and Twitter, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 195, folks. Thank you again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we will be back before you know it. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carl's, but also go check out the Dead Mall series on YouTube. It's fascinating. <laughs>